Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hey, I'm Patton Oswald. I'm Meredith Salinger. Welcome to yet another episode of Did You Get My Text? Now, we've gotten your emails, we got your letters over the months. You've been begging us. You've been for begging our us. You said, please, just please give us two hot redheads. And, well, we got one. And <laughs> we, got, uh, we've so had, we got one who's been redheaded. We have one who's been redheaded, exactly. And brunette and blonde. But smoking hot, nevertheless. It doesn't matter what you do. Do whatever you want to her hair. She still looks like Claire. Claire. Claire Grant. Oh, everybody. Hey. hey, wait a minute. That actually rhymed. Oh gosh, Pat, do what you it. want to her hair. She still looks like Claire. We have Claire Grant and Seth Green, and they are in the studio with us, and we are so excited because. I'm sorry. Can I just turn the level down in my headphones ever so slightly? <laughs> oh God, it's me. It's me. I have to say. One of my best She's friends. She's very excited. She gets very excited. I, I, I oh, will just I? keep recording this right now and just. No, no, we should. This is all. I'm about I, to say something. Which no, no, is, say it because there's is, no there's no reason to edit yeah. this. Like, I, I, really. turn, turn everyone's cans down. Is that yours? It's me. It's my voice. Ooh, that, no, oh, that's great. A loud, that's a little too sharp, low. Kyle, just a little screeching bit voice. Yeah, you can turn mine right down too. Great, great, I love great, great. your voice. Oh, can you do this for me in real life with her? No. Dear goodness gracious. How. Uh, divorce proceedings begin <laughs> right there. Yeah, our next podcast will be called Did You Get My Attorney's Text? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that, that was the yes, whole premise of... Uh, Is that good? Of, uh, I don't even wear them. Uh, Pineapple oh, you don't? Uh, Rogan played a, uh, uh, like a, pro a process server. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> he He's so creative, <laughs> like jumping out of cars. Are we still rolling? Yeah, let's oh, go all of it, man. Let's stop, Boo Boo. No, don't stop. Don't stop till you get All right, them. anyway, you were saying your friend you're, said. You're going to owe like $80,000 yeah. in two directions uh -oh. if you sing that again. I didn't I didn't sing it too long. That's mm -hmm. I was just going to say that a friend of mine has a husband who's a musical engineer person, mm -hmm. and she is a singer as well, but whenever we talk, we're all like, boop, 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 boop. and he goes, can you guys lower the volume of your voice? Can you tone, can you shift the tone? Although, although in, in uh, not to say anything against him, his Natural voice is like this, even when he's just talking normally. This is my best friend, Nika Costa's husband, Justin Stanley. I figured this. I've gone to dinner with them. And well, he's if, from if, Australia, and he mumbles. But if it's a, but he, he does have a, he has that a area, gorgeous, so sound travels differently. Yeah, I don't know, but if we every time we go into a restaurant, I'm like, what are the acoustics like? Because I'm if I'm sitting with him, I'm not going to hear half of what he says. <laughs> yeah. I told him that you just nod. Whenever we go to dinner together, just Nika and Justin and I, and the waiter asks, Nika and I always have to translate because yeah. he's mumbling. We have to repeat what he says. Nevertheless, have you ever translated him like inauthentically? <laughs> <laughs> he said he'd like he would like the bison steak. Well, well done. Yeah. He'd, he'd like a mixing bowl of raw garlic buds and a uh, serving spoon. Thank you. Seth Green. Do you have any hooves? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy you guys are here today. I love you both so much. I've known Seth for 4,000 years. It's mm -hmm. true. Well, I, God, don't dox us. Oh. I mean, yeah. there. No, I mean, like, People ask me all the time, how years? do you keep your skin looking so good? <laughs> I, I've yet to expose that we're immortal. So. Right. Come on, oh my God. People, People know that about me. 
Do they? I Immortal. think they do. See, this will be the thing that, I get the, that yields the age. like, they were hiding in plain sight. Listen to this clip. Yeah. Right. It's like how the Illuminati are the thing, but we're like the... Yeah. No, no, no. The Illuminati's in Marvel. No, that's a separate thing. Yeah. But I'm well, saying Marvel us. borrowed the Illuminati. The Illuminati is from way, way back. They just updated it for their own thing of like, yeah. whoever the elite of... I was actually Sort talking, of like Christianity. Well, I was talking to our daughter because I took our daughter to see the Doctor Strange movie and she was like, so the Illuminati, like what is the Illuminati? Because she's obsessed with the Illuminati. All right. of her friends are Total, like... Total about Beyonce. And I said, well, I go, the Illuminati is what whoever are the... Uh, alphas in whatever field there is. So sp- sports, music, whatever, there is an unspoken Illuminati of uh, that Is of that, that right? Group. I think people refer to it as like If a you're talking about as a phonetic classification rather than the colloquial interpretation of it, right? So there's like yeah. the hyperbolic Illuminati where it's like, man, there's somebody above me that's making decisions that right. affect me. Yeah, and then there's like the actual the like, secret. textbook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The secret one. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The one where it's like, you guys, they're in the Illuminati. Yeah, yeah. but that's like every time I call any, any of my black friends and I'm like, yo, man, let me in the meeting. Because I know there was a meeting where everybody said, <laughs> I ain't mad at you. And then all of a sudden, everybody was like, well, I ain't mad at you. And I was like, oh, I missed the fucking meeting. So I love in the You want to be in the Bluminomity. Oh, my God. I can't even say it right. The Bluminomity? The Oh, I can't even say it. I don't even know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say the Black Illuminati. Black Illuminati. The Black Meeting is a totally different thing. That's different. And it's a joke. It's a great joke that, like, any black person says to another black person where they're like, I'll Not the Illuminati. No. No. The true Illuminati. Wouldn't the true Illuminati, wouldn't their power be in not... And people not knowing that they're the Illuminati, that's the ultimate powers yeah. that you're controlling things, but no one knows that you're the one doing it. Yeah. yeah. That's the ultimate. Right. That's it the was, ultimate power. That's it's what like, I think of when I think of the Illuminati. It's like the, the the secretive group of people that are like pulling a bunch of strings yes. and like really in control. And everybody thinks it's like a certain group of people, and it's not. It's not. Or everyone thinks they're sitting at, at this weird in a boardroom, and they're all backlit yeah. in high back chairs. But actually, it's Hollow the guy. It, like... it, it's the guy like quietly doing his crossword puzzle at a diner that's secretly <laughs> actually controlling. And, yes. you, and you're sitting next to him, you don't realize he's there. Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Kaiser Soze, Rolo Tomasi, Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi. Come on, buddy. It's the, uh, You're like the, the only person, you and Brecken are probably the only people I could pull that level of quote with, but you've got a wider birth of knowledge with literary concepts. I have a, well, I have a deeper and sadder birth of knowledge in terms of, <laughs> um, in terms of all the little side characters. And the, yeah. Like I was going to say the Greek on season uh, two and three of The Wire, <laughs> the guy that sits at the little coffee shop down by the water and he basically controls the drug trade, but you wouldn't look at him twice because he looks like yeah. Mr. Magoo basically, but he's controlling everything. Yeah, the two of you guys are like the smartest people I know. You're both the the. Well, you need to get out more because yeah, these for real, two both are. Both of us are bested by. I'm just you saying. Would, you wouldn't even believe the level that have that have paced either of us. You both have My God. this encyclopedic nerd level brain that is so incredible, and yet. Always, every reference goes over my head. I <laughs> never know that, what you're that talking about. That speaks more to how like cultured and worldly you are. <laughs> yeah, you you've been out in the am sunshine I, or living. Am I not at no, all? No. Well, that that was kind of the case I was yeah. making. Was that there's a deficit that's proven by when you don't know the name of the third key grip on Howard the Duck. Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> you, you don't to, you know you don't know Bobby percentages percent. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing to me. Oh, wait, I wanted to talk about this. Um, first of all, I don't know so many things about all these things you guys do, but there is, Patton just did um, a 
animated show called Modoc of a character that oh, we I loved ne- it. never heard of. And Seth's company, Stupid Buddy, yeah. uh, did the animation for it. And um, you guys uh, never even heard of that guy before. And what? <laughs> did the deepest pull. Yeah, uh, I mean, Modoc is, is such folklore. Oh, yeah. Um, I have to say, by the way, it is one of the bravest things I've ever seen you do. <laughs> To let me and Meredith, two conversation dominators, mm-hmm. to just spar in a podcast—it's <laughs> like, the best. It's really—it must be—it it must op- be impressive. Wait, this should be the conversation. Is well, well Claire, how do you feel <laughs> living living with someone who's both constantly trying out new material and also um, interrupting whatever your train of thought is to insert my own punchline? How's that? How are you? How's that working out for you? Twelve years in. I mean, I definitely. Uh, let me, actually, kill let you. me answer that. Um, <laughs> the, get it, get it. <laughs> See, it'll still do this. Yeah. I either completely tune you out, or Same, I want to punch you in the face. Yeah. Both. Both. Both Strangling's good too. Well, yeah. Actually, I wanted to ask you, Claire, because you grew up. You were born in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. But yeah. Did, you, did you grow up there during the eighties? I did. So you had, but you, because Memphis in the 80s had actually, it wasn't this, you, you you can't just go, oh, I was stuck in Memphis in the 80s, I was out in the boondocks. Memphis in the 80s wasn't the boondocks. There were, there was a lot of cool culture, music, stuff yeah. going on in that area. So yeah. how much exposure did you have that you weren't a hick from the woods suddenly in the big city? You had seen a lot of this stuff and were connected to things, right? Yeah, I think um, compared to a city like, Los Angeles, Memphis is small, but it's still like a million and a half people, you know? Yeah. It's a pretty, it's it's decent size, but I was definitely exposed to a lot uh, yes. before I came. Memphis was a very good trading ground for just about anything life could throw at me. Exactly. Did Were there clubs that you went to? Were there um, bands you would go see? Like, what oh, was yeah. your scene? What was, where would you go? It was go? the music scene. I went, yeah. uh, it was the music scene. I did. And who was coming out of that scene at the time? Because there was a, there wasn't, there was like a second wave out of Memphis at one point, wasn't there? Yeah, there's there it still is. It's a huge music town. Um it's that's literally all that you do. It's a, right. it's like every night of the week it's like, okay, well who are you gonna go see tonight, you know? Uh-huh. Um but uh yeah I When did you move from Memphis yeah. here? In two thousand five. Right right to LA. Yeah. I you went, moved right to LA. I did. But you'd already lived in a couple different states. Yeah, I there was a uh in in middle school and first half of high school we actually moved to Houston, Texas, and so I'm sorry. I know. Well, oh, actually, I, I loved it. It was it was good for me at the it was good for me at the time, you know, because okay. um, I went from it was it was it was good for me in a lot of ways. Like it was a good uh, like neighborhood and a good school district, and okay, you know, like I got structure in ways that I really needed. Were you a wayward child in Memphis? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have Moving a life. On. <laughs> so Houston, and then where? Uh, then back to Memphis. Okay. And, and uh, then I did college and the rest of high school in Memphis, and and then I uh, modeled uh, like all over. So I would live for like six to eight weeks at a time in different cities in America. Look at you. Look at her though. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah, Jesus but also Christ. just the whole like, darling, I'd love to go tour Graceland with you again, but I must go to Manhattan. I'm doing a, 
It's a whole thing for it's a whole thing for Jeffrey Bean. He called me last. He's crying. <laughs> the model that they got, she just she puffed up, and they they've got to send <laughs> me out. And I don't up. know what to do. Um, yeah, you've modeled, but you're a phenomenal actress too. Oh, thank you. And oh my God, I just. Your performance in Changeland. Wait, Seth, there's so much to talk about. Where are we? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going in 10 different directions, but yeah. I'm so excited. Seth Green wrote and directed the most beautiful feature film called Changeland. Changeland yeah. We talked about it a bit last week with Brecken Meyer because he was also oh, in it. Yep. Of but, yeah, that um, makes sense. But Claire is in that too, and boy, are you fabulous and Aww, look so cool, you. and you're so good. But how, I mean, Seth, you've been in this business for 4,000 years. When and Again, you, I know. I'm sorry. Around Everyone around. knows now you're four thousand. No. But well, there's time on top of that. It's, not it's a just number. crazy. You're one. He's of the, the mo- baby in the basket at the beginning of Ten Commandments. That, uh, <laughs> that's how long he's been doing this. It's and, true. And yeah. at that point, I had already been doing the tunes yes, for yeah. uh, over yeah. ten years. And you were you were you were uh, you were eight months old, two months sober mm-hmm. for that shot. Yeah, yeah that was well. Great. Almost. I mean, yeah. I had gotten two thirty day chips. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, if you tabulate them, but technically they restart the clock. Wait, there's so much. You, uh, first of all, that that's like towards the end. I want to start back at the beginning okay. because that sort of. Well, we're doing it Quentin Tarantino style. We're jumping around in time, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You did write and direct and star in the most beautiful friendship film love story between two <laughs> friends. Oh, thanks. That. It's it's so good. You're perf- everyone knows you like oh you're so funny oh you're such a good actor in all these funny things but like you're such a beautiful dramatic actor and oh thanks that made the concept incredibly difficult to sell. I would imagine, <laughs> but like you know it's like with Robin Williams, everybody's like he's crazy, he's yeah. crazy, and then but he they'll does spend a hundred million like dollars on uh, toys. And yeah, then, uh, and, like, and then they'll really stress about uh, mm-hmm. Father of the Year. You know, They're like oh, I don't know, yeah. Robin. Well. You're gonna underplay it, but you do. You are actually a beautiful, beautiful actor, oh, and I really was inspired by that film. And, oh. and but but mostly I'm inspired by the fact. I mean, other than as a personal human being, I adore you. But that you've been acting your whole life, then your passion for stop motion animation and <laughs> and then and becoming a freaking mogul stop and starting your like own any studio. Of that was intentional. I wasn't like I was so passionate about stop motion. I got to Well, you were doing it and then hang, you're like let's make hang this. 80% of my did, business on this. How did stupid buddy come to be because uh, it's rare when someone yeah. who starts as a child actor ends up owning their own studio and producing things for millions of people. It's just crazy. Right, right. Most uh child actors who were lucky enough to continue making stuff into their 40s mm-hmm. set up like a production company that's going to develop material for themselves so that they can continue to earn top dollar making their own films yeah. instead of yes but usually you know, someone else comes up with the ideas and does it you did everything yeah i do have ideas and i like being able to execute them um and so that's sort of what happened we made robot chicken robot chicken was really born out of the idea of let's just fucking make something um it was around the time I was doing the press for the second Austin Powers. I was just like so tired of hearing myself talk in these <laughs> interviews. And I was really like 23 and a lot of fucking opinions <laughs> or whatever. So, <laughs> so I, um, my buddy Matt Senreich, who's the editorial director for Wizard, mm. they had done a lot of like toy photography. And I was like, do you know anything about stop motion? I've got this idea to just do a very like Mego action figures, mm-hmm. me and Conan at the Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, this is an idea, I think, 
And he was like, I don't know, maybe we'll figure it out together. And I was like, all right, let's figure this out. So we got some of the writers. We, we wrote this whole thing, and we're trying to figure out how to do it. We Kyoto Brothers, Aardman, like anybody wow. that was doing shit, we were just trying to, how did you do this? You were trying to, you were shooting for Aardman animation? That stuff's insane. Well, we were just like, who are the animators that you use? Yo, what yeah, is exactly. the yeah, cost yeah, yeah. of this equipment? What if we're trying to finance something mm -hmm. on this scale? What are the actual price yeah, ranges yeah, yeah. and what does that cost? And uh, we met these guys who would go on to create a new company called Screen Novelties. Mm -hmm. Fantastic uh, company, stop motion, all kinds of animation, really beautiful, creative stuff. Um, and they were the the animation directors of mm -hmm. the webisodes that we did for a dial-up <laughs> website <laughs> that would become a proof of concept that we'd sell to the Cartoon Network for Adult Swim called Robot Chicken. Okay, we so are going to go into the... None of that was on the, purpose, is well, the point. We're going to go into the specifics of Robot Chicken and then also how... Because um, Claire is also a mini-mogul running uh, separate businesses, and I want to see how you guys do that together right after this annoying break. This would be a good one. Hey, we're back, and we were yeah. just also talking. Well, and we were also, and we were also just talking. That that was the bleed over. So yeah. okay, well, I didn't what, expect them to turn over the car, but everything caught fire really quickly <laughs> after that. <laughs> I was naked. He was naked. Maybe I'm gay. Hey, we're back. How many um, times do um, have you been tasked with like, hey, we have like a second to fill in the head of this scene? Oh, just yeah. just improv, whatever. Say something funny say coming something in. Funny. Or, yeah, uh, yeah. My favorite thing, if I if somebody's like, hey, uh, say something funny, I'm like, oh, I, f I fucking will, and then <laughs> I try to break every person at the table before whatever other person's entrance. Oh my god! Like as hard as try I try to can. ruin them, just as hard it's as the I best. can. And then everyone's like leaned in for it because I've been like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Confidence. And when everyone's close, I'll say something even even more awful. Like, no, I think he's carrying a fart bomb in his pocket. Oh, shit, here he comes. <laughs> <laughs> I did one of those and I felt very oh. proud of myself because I did a deep dive on a character that I was playing. I played uh, Sue Mengers in a pilot called Gone Hollywood. Um, it didn't go. It was basically, you know how Mad Men was like about ad agencies in the 1950s? This was about talent agencies in the late 70s. So I was Sue Mengers, who represented everybody. Jennifer Lawrence is now playing her in the next movie. But um, Don't bring up Jennifer Lawrence. The <laughs> she goes insane. She goes berserk. Um, oh but anyway, there was a... Have been in a room together? Huh? Yes, yeah. actually we have. Was and it positive? Because I've Jennifer, I've yeah, met we had a great time. awesome. Oh my yeah, God, we had the great. best time. She's we were really cracking sweet. up. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> she was real cool, although... Anyway, go ahead. This is she's your story. super cool, but she's playing Sue Mangers, which is the role that I played in this pilot. And um, at the beginning, I'm starting the whole scene, and it's on me having a conversation on the phone. But it doesn't start with my conversation. There's no lines for my conversation. It starts like with people walking in, and but like they're yeah. rolling, and I have to be like saying something on the phone. And I knew that Sue Mangers was best friends with Barbara Streisand, and Barbara Streisand's son is Jason. <laughs> and so I'm on the phone, and like they're like, okay, I, and then last night I was like, all right. Okay, give my love to Jason. <laughs> like I just, That's I had so this funny. like, uh, it just pulled Babs. out of nowhere. Like I didn't know what to say, and then I, I love felt that like you were deep in character though. My right? I was I, so deep in character, Seth, that I bought Gina Tay. <laughs> do you know what Gina Tay is? Of course I do. That after, body splash 1970s from the 70s. After that splash. Years old. Oh the, it's a, like a 1970s body splash that they, Gina Tay was like a thing. It's, it's like the, the thing smell of the 70s. Ah. If you want to know what the 70s smelled like, it smelled like Gina Tay. Yeah. It really did. 
I think that bottle that Lauren has is that. Whisper it. Yeah. Lauren has a bottle of Gina Tay, guys. I'm pretty sure that she does. Yeah. Lauren's a friend of ours. She has Gina Tay. Is it? I don't know that that's it. I think it's like a Chanel something or other. Oh. She bought a bottle I mean, of it's perfume. it's Lauren. It might be Chanel. Well, no. She bought a bottle of perfume that was um, Sharon Tate's. Oh, oh right. She's yikes. obsessed with Sharon Tate. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. it's, a, it's Sharon oh, Tate's oh, right. perfume bottle. Yeah, no, and that, I think it's like Chanel number something. Right. It's not yeah. the Gina Tate. How bottle. often does she eat at El Coyote? We she, ate all the time, and she eats at Sharon's table oh, like imagine. so much that they know her. And it was at her thirtieth birthday <laughs> yeah. that we went there for her birthday and did and the we whole. Took, oh. and we took the, the murder tour. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. and we Yikes. were the most engaged tour I think I'm this sure. guy's ever had. You <laughs> know, guy. you're a good tour when like two stops in the guy's like, "Hey, all right, all right, you guys, are, <laughs> you here we go." Happened? You know what? You know what else happened here? <laughs> that level of enthusiasm and obsession with things. That's kind of what came through on Robot. Robot Chicken is, if anything, it's about nerd enthusiasm, and it's about not like especially the Star Wars fandom. stuff. Yeah, and it's also about like if you love something, you will not be able to not see things that are wrong with it. Sure. That's why a lot of your Star Wars stuff is so affectionate. Because yes, I love Star Wars. Isn't this thing kind of stupid? So why it's is this silly. here? Like what? Why what does is that this mean? I mean, he thought this the whole time. Yeah, wait, I don't what, buy yeah. that. I don't buy that. But then, so but Claire, you are also. Hip, if not neck deep in the nerd world, you yes. have been on many, uh, and you have and created how many... her own cool characters for like Star Wars things. And yeah, <laughs> but also like, you, how many companies do you have now? You have the. It's just, it's just two. It's two. Two. I have two it's right now. It's just two. <laughs> it's just two. <laughs> it's have two. It's two right now, um, and they're both very nerdy. And then were, was it? Uh, were the were the formations of these? Similar to Seth's, where it just kind of happened organically with your friends, or like what? The um, first one is something unicorn, or that was the second one. Oh, the, second the, one. That one was the second one, and that one was organic. Um, the first one was called Danger Maiden, and we we intentionally set out to make um, Star Wars Star Wars like shorts and and parodies and stuff, mm-hmm. like you know, saber, saber, yeah, that like. Was- I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So like Rita, instead of acts. But and that same thing of like we love Star Wars, but this thing gets like we're obsessed with this one thing. Why is this that that way that it is? Yeah, um, and then we uh, and then the the Team Unicorn one that 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 oh, one Team came. Unicorn, I, like that one, yeah. I did too. It was fun. That one was organic. Oh yeah, that was. Patton is showing a picture of number six and Baltar from the Battlestar Galactica it's, reboot. This is Halloween. Oh like Claire, that's how. Ha- oh Claire my. and I have enjoyed several and couples you, costumes that you wouldn't expect. And you even mocked up Baltar's book. She did that. I and did that. Cut the corners did? off and it. Cut yeah. the corners. Put that photo on our Instagram when that you guys listen to That is insane. So so you are when did you were again as a as a uh, young model from Memphis were you also aware of the whole nerd geek world or did that come later or was that always there for you? Um that was always there for me and I'm actually probably more of a nerd than Seth is. So we're, we're, we're we're nerdy in different categories <laughs> oh. as well yeah. as in crossovers. Which what's your realm? What's the realm you dwell in the the deepest? Um probably video games and nice. um like I used to be really into anime. Fantasy books. Mm-hmm. Fantasy. Sure. I'm really into fantasy. Like what, what? What big fantasy series do you do you read? What are the ones you really like? My favorite fantasy series is Wheel of Time. I've read it through like three times. Wow. And then, and what do you think of the TV series? 
I get what they're doing, and I'm 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 so grateful that I have um, like I know how hard it is to adapt something, and uh-huh. and I can look at the series and think that um, oh okay, I see that you've you've you're you're looking at the whole series and not just mm-hmm. the first book, and you're I, I I see I understand why they're making all of the intense changes that they're making (laughs) (laughs) and i'm hoping it just all plays out you know like plays out in the end but it's it's hard i'm the some of the casting choices are wild in my head but Mm -hmm. at least they didn't miscast the main guy that would have been very heartbreaking would have been verboten for you yes so beyond wheel of time though because now you have these two companies is there is there a dream uh, thing you would want to adapt or bring to either television or film that another series that is like, oh, because I, I have one. I don't know if it can ever be done, but I have my series that I would love to Are we hitting up Claire to get our sh- your show? No, on this, her I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this to anyone because people have run at this thing and failed. It, it's so daunting. No one's ever done it. What? So What is it? It's um, Gene Wolfe's Books of the New Sun, oh. which are basically, you start reading it and it feels like a sword and sorcery epic. Okay. But as you read it, you realize it's actually taking place a million years in the future. And, you know, the world's been wrecked and technology is so advanced that what's left over seems like magic to the people that are using it. But it's all like they're describing a castle. And as they're describing it, you realize, oh, no, this is a wrecked spaceship that they've repurposed as a cast. Uh, like, it sounds like when a kid like tells oh, you their dream. Mom, I so had such a great dream cool. last night. Like imagine was... like Star Wars in wreckage a million years in the future. It would all go back to feudalism and yeah. weird religions and magic. But as as you read it, you're like, oh wait, that's oh, this is so it's but a lot of the fun, see the problem is the fun is you realize it slowly as you read it. If you mm-hmm. put it on screen, you're like, well that's a that's a satellite dish. That's not a you know you're it's an unreliable narrator describing what he's seeing. Right. And you have to realize, oh no, they're actually doing this. Isn't there a way to do it visually the way that they did playing? The reveal of the apes wouldn't where, be the same. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where you get a series of reveals so it's not so but that the thing it, is, I think I, you I think only like get signs or uh, not I, signs. Uh, uh, the village, but the right? village. There's a way to inveigle the 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 future I, I don't shapes. Be, to I don't the want degree. to be a dick, but when I was watching the village in tw- the first twenty minutes, I'm like, no. oh, it's taking place in present day. I didn't mean to cite it as like a no, 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 yeah, it's yeah. More just a fact. Did you watch uh, the hundred at all? No. The hundred did, did a really you, good. Claire, job do you of, watch like, all these series? Do you like? Oh yeah, all of the any superhero fantasy sci-fi, even if it's re, even if it seems like <laughs> stupid, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. It's like you're you, you feel like you're always rooting for them. Like I just want them to nail this. Come on, guys, yeah. please just do it. Yeah, I got really lucky, and I got to do. Uh, I, I did the show, The Clone Wars, and Claire also was in Clone Wars with me, and we had scenes together. You played a villain. Who, yes, what, was a bounty name? hunter named yeah. Lazarazzi. I actually learned a lot from you that day. I think I've told you this before, but um, I was still newish to voiceover. I'd only been doing it for like a year at that point. Wow. And um, when everything that I had done up until then, I was just doing solo uh, in the in the in the in the booth, and I had never done a full circle of with the whole cast actors with the cast before, and so. Uh, you had a scene where you were 
choking or drowning or something like that. And I just remember watching you and you were you were doing so good in in your performance, but you were also you had like a physical like you were going through the motions physically oh, of it whatever the performance. Yeah. And it did it change the performance. And I was like, holy shit, I can I can do that. I don't just have <laughs> to be here talking through my voice. I can go through the motions. And it was uh, wow. Very freeing, and it's helped me. Oh, I love that. That's story. Awesome. I feel yeah. like I also must have had that experience with somebody before me, because <laughs> you, when you think you're doing voiceovers, you think you just stand there and you're just talking into the microphone. And but, like, in order for you to actually have any like true feeling behind it, you kind of have to do the scene yeah. the way yeah. you would do the scene, as even if you were on stage or in a movie. And um, but it took me a while to realize that too. And I guess once you feel more comfortable. Then, and then that's when it's actually easier because you don't have to like try to make your voice do something. You're actually just being that mm-hmm. feeling, right, yeah. Seth? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, getting back to Claire, is there a is there a dream project you would want you you would want to adapt and make into that that you feel like I could nail this? I could do this. Very curious to know what this is. Um, secret information at the moment. We're waiting to see if she'll answer the question. Uh, to, to, our, to our listeners at home, Claire is looking off to the right. She's accessing the left lobe of her brain. Uh, that's Seth where lies is watching are. her intently. So her see. face <laughs> is flush. She's unsure. Um, I have two answers. Seth okay. is giving the look like it's okay. You can yeah. tell them. Um, She's about to give us two answers. Yeah, I have two answers. Um, she's, she's raising her hand. It looks like a hello. No, no, no. The thumb is out. The thumb is being folded over the palm. And all four for fingers women. are collecting over the thumb. What is this? Is this sign language? For I don't know this sign. Women in America probably have seen this sign before. What's that? That's the help. I actually would. Um, you put your fucking hand down. I've been really obsessed with um, the uh, the Kurt Vonnegut book, Sirens of Titan, for my whole life. Really? Yes. Oh and my god! I, That's a nice deep pull. Yeah, and I adapted it as a as a play when I was in college. And you I, just wanted some hot guy to play Unk. That's all you wanted. You just yes. wanted Unk. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, Bradley. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, um, I I would if I could if I could adapt anything. Right, like I don't know why. Like why aren't more of his work? You know, there there. It's all he he writes the 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 best, and it's so cinematic anyway. Like. Because I, all, I think one of the reasons, if, especially if you watch the slapstick, slapstick and clowner, the, the one that they made with Jerry Lewis and Madeline Kahn, um, like the the birthday one. Uh, no, no, no. They adapted slapstick with Jerry oh, Lewis slapstick. and yes. Madeline Kahn, and they tried to lean. They leaned too hard into the wackiness. Yeah. And you, there is a there is a tonal balance that no one has found yet mm-hmm. in anything. I mean, I don't even think Slaughterhouse Five works, and I know people love that movie, but. It, it's all over the place, and then the Breakfast of Champions is so freaking weird. Yeah, you know Bruce Willis going crazy. You know it was. It's actually a, it's a good performance, but it's so uncomfortable because Kurt leaned into that stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. The Sirens of, that would be cool because Sirens of Titan was the closest thing to like a straight space opera that he yeah. did, but with his um, with his mentality to it. Yes. Oh my God, that would be amazing! I loved it, and those little—I I forget what they're called now—but those little, when he's you know on that other planet, and there's there's all those tiny little little creatures that are everywhere that are—I don't know. Yeah, I feel like you guys are both interested in that 
Books. You're yeah. so silly, Marin. No, we bonded over that book because I have not read a ton of Vonnegut, but Sirens of Titan was one of the ones that I had read. And we were like, blah, 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 Vonnegut. And I was like, have you read Sirens of Titan? And she was like, oh my God, I directed that play. And I was like, ah, oh, this is fun. I even and then recently. True Love. We, we fell in love like fucking hard. <laughs> we, we were trying to fight it um, being f- friends because neither one of us was looking to be into somebody we'd both mm-hmm. been in things before and both of us were in a space where we were like not looking for that thanks mm. there's not much more to it than that like i was really stupid and almost completely blew the shot mm. with my That's perfect true. love wow. by, by trying to put off the inevitable um uh, us getting married and spending the rest of our lives together i was like no this can't you can't possibly like be attracted to your best friend for the rest of your life that sounds stupid yeah, especially her. She's a fucking uggo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know. She like we really getting to know each other in that period of time, and I was like, ah, oh, what's deep in here? Is there a surprise You're monster? Like, She's gorgeous. She's smart. She likes the same things I do, and I yeah. really, really like her as a human. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm not going to marry her. Sounds like red flags everywhere. <laughs> now, according yeah, to Wikipedia, me. and everything on Wikipedia is 100 percent true. As we know, of course. You, you guys met at at um gold. Oh my god! Wait, oh, wait yeah. a minute. Seth is showing the most romantic. <laughs> picture I've ever seen in my life. It reminds me of Robert Duano. I think that's 2007, when right? Sailor when you guys, the nurse. When you guys cosplayed well, you the Senshi Scouts. Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. And who are you? I'm, He's just I'm Seth, Seth Green. Green. Sailor Moon cable installer? What are you, yeah. what are you dressed as? <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> didn't even try. Claire and Seth kissing. No, we it's sought refuge so in between panels at the Hasbro oh, booth. Oh, that's so adorable. You guys, you you fell in love, and it's like the best relationship I've ever well, seen. And in fact, you, no, no, hang on. No, no, no. you need to hear what I'm about to say. All right, let me hear it. I never have seen a relationship quite so respectful and magical and fun and kind and like enamored of each other that they are. I'd never seen this kind of relationship before. And I was single for 47 years. I was going to say 470,000 years, but 47 years. No, no, no. Keep to the story. And uh, (laughs) Seth and Claire are dear friends of mine, and I would just be with them and just like be in love with their love and just kept thinking I'll never, like that just doesn't exist, that's just mm-hmm. this thing. And I didn't ever think it was ever possible to find anything like that in the mm-hmm. universe. And then like, there's you. And then I remember telling them, I'm like, uh, guys- tr- It's true, I have the texts. Uh, you, oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. do you guys know? Where she was like, do you know Pat? And I was like, yeah, I know Pat. And, <laughs> and she was like, we, we've, we've just been texting and talking. And I don't know, it feels really, comfortable and natural and exciting and we were like go on (laughs) (laughs) and then they were the ones that kind of made me feel like this is the thing that is the thing and you were the thing like you were like you were a thing to aspire to as as far as relationships and marriage I love that I love that you know we both come from complicated divorced families and all sorts of childhood stuff I mean there's there's the trauma and then there's the trauma that comes from a lack of things you know what I mean information guidance whatever but we the thing that that we bonded about was we'd in a lot of cases had very similar experiences incredibly similar experiences but in every case whatever our experiences were up to that point had brought us to very similar conclusions so the conversations that we had because we were friends and not trying to date were very raw very deep right away 
and got us to a point where we were like, oh, you're a safe human. I feel safe being myself around you. Like we got real comfortable with each other to the point where it was like, well, if it just came down to you and me, that'd be all right with it. Yeah, and Pat and that was sort of, I mean, same for three months, texting all the time. Yeah. There was no guard up. There was no, no nothing. Except We're in our pajamas at nine o'clock at night texting. Yeah. But then, so but then when we made out for the first time, I was like, mm, "This is suspect. Come on." <laughs> Why? Because it was too good, too great. Yeah. You're like, how is the world this perfect? You gotta like the person you're kissing. You gotta love the kiss itself. And I've, you know, I've been on dates, and you, you're like, the date's great. And then you get to the kiss, and you you can't fake that funk. Like if it isn't there between you, yep. you're just like. Hey, this was great. Uh, right. I'll see you around. Right. You know, yeah. that was my big worry when I was meeting you. We had fallen madly in love, yeah. but I didn't know if we'd have chemistry. And then when I met you, and we—you said I love him, but I don't think I'll like him. I said I, I'm madly in love with him. I, I, he's my—I love him, but oh god, I hope I like him. <laughs> I remember yeah, you so being—we uh, talked about it. You were scared to meet him in person because you had such strong feelings, and you were just afraid that it would change if yeah. you guys met in person. You were afraid that there wouldn't be chemistry there. Exactly. And then I, I was... remember right after you guys finally met, she was like, I don't know why I was ever worried. Of course we have the best chemistry. It's amazing. This is the, it was the greatest ever. I know. Oh my God. It really did. Like I, it was like, it was so comfortable getting to know you. It was so great knowing you as a human, slowly falling in love with you, meeting you. And then, and worrying, like going through lots of worry, and then being mm -hmm. like, oh, this is what love is. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh. And yeah. Well, and I, it was because of Seth and Clean. Well, I have to get back to the question that I have, which is, according again, according to Wikipedia, oh, which okay. we know is unimpeachable yeah, truth. We updated ourselves. You, uh, <laughs> you guys met in 2006 at Golden Apple Comics. We did. 100%. Did your eyes? I just imagine because were you were you redheaded back then or were you blonde? Oh God, I was redheaded. I was redheaded back then. See, I just imagine yeah. he looked over and you were near like a picture of Mary Jane Watson, and you had that total. You just hit the jackpot tiger See, look. Like opposite. The what happened? Had to be more opposite. What how happened? did how did it happen? It actually it like it wasn't um it wasn't a meet cute. Honestly, it was like uh, we were both in other relationships at the time, and the we were friends with the people that owned Golden Apple Comics. Oh, I know all and, those. Yeah, yeah, and so they were having their grand reopening party, and oh, at the new location. Yes. Oh, yes. okay, nice. Yeah, and I. Like I'm a hobbyist photographer, mm -hmm. and so Ryan um, asked me if I would come and photograph, capture the event, they were have so the many. event. Because yeah, they were gonna have they they had all of their like like comic author friends coming to do signings, and they had Stan Lee cut the ribbon, <gasps> and Whoa. they wow. yeah, and they hired all of those um, Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard superheroes oh to come and so, yeah, wow. it was amazing, and so. I, I I was actually there for three. I was in between like movie jobs at the time, so mm -hmm. they were like they they didn't hire movers. They own the only people that helped them move locations were their employees and their regulars. So for three days, you helped them move. I helped them move, and Damn it was girl. so much fun. You I got so it was like I got to work at the Golden Apple for three days. It was wonderful. Wow, and That's so cool. it was great. So um, you're there, and then he so comes I'm there, in. and he comes in. He's in one of the later. You know, I'd been there all day long taking photographs of everybody, and he comes in later and. 
anytime the um, the comic authors would come in, I'd introduce myself and be like, I'm going to be taking pictures of you. You know, don't yeah. don't Hugh be weird. Sturbikoff and I had written that comic called The Freshman, mm-hmm. so oh. we were signing both, <gasps> oh, wow. uh, copies of it that Golden Apple was selling. You guys are so flipping similar, you and Seth, honestly. You yeah. guys should be best friends. I know people <laughs> get mistaken me all the time. Mistake us. Well, I mean, that's what that was one of the things that I, I was so I felt so secure being at um, stupid buddy doing Modoc because my writing partner Jordan Blum and I wanted to uh. pack the screen with as many visual cues and Easter eggs, and these guys um, one upped us on Easter eggs in terms Seth, of yeah, stuff. His. Seth and his company like the stuff. There's a scene in um, uh, Meredith plays a publicist, and she has an office, and if you look very carefully on the bookshelf, one half of the thing that's on top of the Ark of the Covenant, one of those eagles, <laughs> is she is using it as a bookend for some books, which that was their way of going, this is how crappy she is. She <laughs> clearly had access to the Ark of the Covenant and said, I just want one of those for a bookend. That's all I need. You know, like, just there were so many great little visual I things. I had two, but cra- I don't know, movers. <sighs> But, and oh, also, yeah. like, two, it's too much. This is nice and subtle. I don't want to, I don't want to be gross. I want to like, hear, it okay, so you walk in fantastic. the room. No, no, you got this. Oh, oh. Um, it was, it was, it was literally just, Seth was there. He was there with Huster Rakov. I remember there was a Hulk standing next to him. <laughs> and a Hollywood Boulevard Hulk? A like, Hollywood oh, Boulevard Hulk. Yeah. yeah. And Aww. I... Seth must have looked extra cute. He, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. And and I was already friends with his uh, robot chicken Sinreich. partner, Matt oh, Sinreich. Yeah. And Matt was like, tell Seth that you're friends with me. And I was like, I'm not going to tell Seth. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Um, but I did. I just introduced myself and was like, oh, don't be weirded out. I'm taking pictures for right. the family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, have fun. Okay. I think you name dropped uh, uh, Ryan and, uh, isn't it? Sharon. Ryan and Sharon. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were there, you know. Yeah. They were there that day. So um, Seth just had this hot girl come up to him and say, I'm going to take your pictures. And you were thinking. Well, you you got to understand. Super but also clear, Seth super admitted to me pros. on our, yeah, uh, admitted to me on pros. our honeymoon that he didn't know that I was attractive until like. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Hey, he was like, you know, you, he was like, yeah, I didn't think. He was like, I didn't think you were attractive. I wasn't even, you know, attracted no. to you at all. Oh, well, you guys like, were in things, so at that oh, point, you don't right. look at people. We, it's true. We met under under yeah. completely different circumstances. I don't even have a picture of you that shows off the way you looked when you how were. unattractive you were. <laughs> no, it's at not that even time. that. It's just she looks like Eminem and Eight Mile in like every picture. She's got some super baggy, oh, okay. oversized hoodie yeah. with the hood up, a oh my hat God. pulled down low, drawstring tight, <laughs> fingerless Damn. gloves, some baggy. Oh my God, please play that pants. character. She looks like, that's she looks adorable. Like, I think Billie Eilish during yeah. the pandemic. Like, yeah. that's, that's the right, like, hey, go were... fuck yourself uh, yeah. uh, armor that's on when I when I met her, for sure. You're like dressed as your own logo. I love it. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah. Actually, everybody really... needs a signature. <laughs> so then, had did Stupid Buddy exist at this time uh, when you met? I guess when we met, yeah, because uh, were we already in the It wasn't six? Stupid Buddy no, at that we point. Still at, it was we were just still Shadow Machine. It was, yeah, Robot. It stupid was, Monkey. Stupid Monkey. Yeah, Stupid oh. Monkey in, in Shadow Machine. Yeah. 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 So uh, Matt and, and I and Stupid Monkey made the first hundred episodes of Robot Chicken with Shadow Machine as the production uh, okay. company. And then after a hundred episodes... Uh, Harvin Towner, who had created uh, this boutique studio called Buddy Systems, mm-hmm. um, Matt and I incorporated with them to make a larger, and our goal was is to make like 
an IP-driven manufacturing space, uh, regardless of what kind of production it is, live action yeah. or hybrid. But we have all these resources to do everything. You've got from the 3D printers and you've got sound stages. Kind of, but we're, I mean, we're, we're really focusing on developing our own IP into whatever that um, extrapolation is. Mm -hmm. I've got some live action stuff I want to make. We've got live action, hybrid animated stuff. Wow. I love the idea of using um, uh, a practical house like Buddy Builds, which is doing all the costumes for the masked singer to do visual effects like Mixed with I, our CG enhancements. I was just at Buddy Systems because they were showing me they were working on new costumes. What was I there for? But I, they were working on the new costumes for my the Masked Singer. My and they favorite were thing weird. about... Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're very creative. I just want everyone to know that the best thing about going to visit Seth at work <laughs> is... And the studio and just looking at it is the it's just such a magical place. It's like after you've gone to visit the Sesame Street workshop or something like uh, that, you go into... Uh, the stupid buddy offices and there's a whole there's a wardrobe department and all the ladies are sewing or everybody there's all different people in there not not just ladies um, but they're sewing. Don't worry, Mary, you'll get canceled yet. Yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, hey, let, let me cover for her. Men don't sew. There, <laughs> send all the letters to me. Okay. All right, go ahead. Um, but they're making all the little. Is that woman still talking? <laughs> <laughs> They're the tiny costumes, beautiful yeah. tiny costumes, but everything like from hats to dresses to yeah, coats, it's, to gloves. It's adorable. And then they've got their, um, then they've got their little sound stages in each set. You know, it's like a, it's, it's, it's like a living room, and it's a exterior, and it's it's Batman stuff, and it's every fucking amazing thing you've ever seen in your life, miniature and amazing with this lighting setup. It's just fascinating to it's see. It's just like cinema, only smaller exactly. and shot frame by Jor frame. Jordan texted but me pictures but it, of. But uh, differently, that in cinema you get one big building for one set, and in yours you see the whole world in yeah. every different room because yeah. it's smaller. It's just like going to Warner Brothers and then and then being a giant. You yeah. know, if you picked up uh, the, <laughs> all the roofs exactly, that's exactly in, the, in each of the sets, like uh, 9 and 10 and 12, they it would just look like our 9 and 10 and 12. Yeah, there's nothing cooler. Jordan so texted cool. me pictures of the AIM headquarters model that you guys built, and he was almost crying. He was so happy. Aww. It was just, it made it's him so happy. So that, like, I felt bad for him when did. our final episodic budget came, like, after the writing, and we, we were like, hey, we're going to have to cut this in half. So, uh, yeah. listen, uh, every, about <laughs> half these sets, so why don't we just consolidate? Uh, yeah. Can you put this scene here instead? Yeah. Do you think this is on a mountain? We didn't want to lose any of those sets. It's oh my god. Well, and then you you the get into the really shitty so financial conversations that I've never been a part of before. Mm -hmm. it's, really it was an education. Like. No, it is. I don't oh, like it. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I love being aloof and uh, I, indifferent to the facts as a as a performer. I have to do the same thing with um. I have to. You know what? I have to pee. And I think while I do it, we should take a break. Have you thought about your sponsors in a while? Oh, <laughs> Seth, now that you mention it. Thanks for being tuned into KTRT, The Turtle. We're still here with <laughs> Seth Green and Claire Grant. We're going to have a fantastic conversation about all things nerdy. Um, Don't forget to tune in <laughs> at 8 a.m. for our morning drive show. <laughs> <laughs> Scooter and the Monkey will be on. Um, uh, Claire, when, on, when you're making stuff, how... Uh, Sorry, what? I, was trying to, I was trying to do a bad voice so I couldn't do it. I was trying to do oh God. it. I was trying to do it with a whistle. I don't know what there the... There we go. Um, <laughs> Seth. Wait, you, did, you, did, you did get off topic about 
Um, do you want to tell them either something that you really want to adapt or what you're or do we keep that secret on. so it gets sold? Well, we one of them sounds dollars. like she wants it to be secret. That's but, true. You, but the, you, the you question I have, that because you're so steeped in the fantasy world and the fantasy realms, mm -hmm. with, with your production companies, do you also talk with effects houses, with animators? How close are you in on those conversations? Is that like a whole new world for you now? Because everything now basically has some form of special effect or an interesting camera work or something to it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm usually in on all of that stuff. It's usually just like like me a part of those conversations. There are, um, like when we did the, um, we did an animated pilot for Team Unicorn that mm -hmm. it didn't it didn't get picked up but that was that was, was fun. Was it 2D or? It was 2D. Oh really? Yeah. Cell animation. Yeah. Nice. That's... Uh, Jane Lynch was in it. Uh, wow. Tara Strong. I'll show it to you sometime. It is filthy. Wait a minute. Hang on. Wait. Wait. Like wait. Wait. An R rating. You got Tara, Tara Strong did a voiceover? What? Yeah. How did, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It Get turns it. out. She, it wait turns a minute. Does she do? How is she voiceover? She's very good. Very good? I, very plus. Wow. I would venture to say excellent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's weird. I was just with Tara this weekend. I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was cool. That was the first time that I had um, gotten to work with animation at that level, you know? And there were a lot of things where I just had to be confident in the in the in the guy that we hired to do the animation direction, mm -hmm. you know, and just let him because I I didn't know how to run that show. But also like character design where there are moments because we had a couple moments on Modoc and I always feel bad doing this when here are the characters and they give you the early designs and there's a couple where you're like, that's no. not what yeah. I had in yes, you've got that. to change. Know, and same. you feel like such a dick saying it, but you, you're like, that's not what it's supposed to look like. You've got to change it. There yeah. was a lot of that actually. Yeah. Okay. It, especially for the main characters. There was a lot of going back and forth and being very uh, specific. Actually, I think that the original, like the we ha we had just someone that works at Seth Studio just do a rough sketch of the of the four main animated characters, mm -hmm. and then we hired um, a artist to like a different artist to come in and do the actual and like create it for us and. We hated it so much. <laughs> we hated it. And oh, no. we actually just no. went back to the person who just gave us the rough sketch. He was like, yeah, maybe maybe this, you know? And it, was, it wasn't. And we were like, this is actually exactly what we want. Yeah. It's just yeah. like keyframes and asset designs mm -hmm. that are oh, just yeah. slightly different in the interpretation. Yeah. Have you guys, I'm sure you've seen on the first season DVD of The Simpsons, they showed the first animation tests for The Simpsons. Yeah, well, when you watched, you saw the Tracy original uh, stuff on Tracy well, Ellman. Like, yeah. weren't you, I, I see, I imagine you like me buying those Life in Hell books out of uh, yes, Forbidden Planet. Uh, and, all of that stuff. Right? And, and they were, but I'm talking about when they were going to do the series, they went with a different animation company and it is mm. so, it's, it's The different. Simpsons and it's the way they're drawn, but they're moving wrong, and everything's way too busy and way too desperate. And they were like, "This show's gonna fail miserably. Mm. Like, it's so bad." So I'm like, "You clearly have dealt with that." But in, yeah. But culturally, I think I think the vogue of what was considered animation at that time was very broad. Yes. And uh, that house probably just didn't understand mm -hmm. the shape of something subtle. No, not uh, at all. Emo <laughs> no, emotionally yeah. subtle. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had to like deal with that and it's. 
Yeah, You've it had was, those conversations. I have had those conversations, and they were hard, but you know, it was a good learning experience. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm. One of the saddest, most emotional scenes in <laughs> on television was done by Seth Green when he did the Star Wars uh, robot chicken special mm-hmm. and the Wampa with his arm at the gas oh. station. Oh, I love Honestly, that. Honestly, Hugh Davidson. That's that, Really? Is that the name of the scene? What would you call that scene? No, no, that's the writer. It's, uh, what do we even call that? It's like a a gas station or something. He's at a gas station after he's lost his arm and he's trying to pump his gas. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Meredith. Yeah, punchline, punchline. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. Sorry, sorry, I was trying to remind people. The reason this is so brilliant is because Hugh Davidson's an incredibly clever writer who writes uncomfortable, relatable human scenarios. Yeah about something fantastic because he doesn't know any of the source material. So nice. he'll, he'll watch something and he'll be like, oh, that poor guy got his arm cut off and didn't get killed, so life's going to be hard for him after the fact. Luke Skywalker's in his X-Wing, cool as shit, <laughs> pulls into some fuel depot, gets out, stretches, doesn't even give a fuck, puts his hand on the thing, like zips a car, whatever, shoves it in the X-Wing, Gassing this bitch up, do, 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 do. <laughs> over his shoulder across the pumps, he sees what can only be described as a well accident prone Griswold family roadster packed with stuff, all of its belongings on the roof rack, in the trunk, the passenger seat, <laughs> inside, with a with a back beads oh. is is a one-armed wampa who laboriously gets out of this car with one arm. That can't can't quite do it because the angle has to like open the car door. Oh no! From that reaches arm across to open the car door. It's so hard. And this goes on. He's like, I think I can. See it's so clever because he makes him like pull out his credit card and he's using his hand because he's got the. The best. And he's got to swipe it with his mouth and it won't go through and it's like. It's it's so good. We were like, and I don't know. Can we spend ninety seconds on this one sketch? Yes, it was the can best we spend sketch two I've minutes ever, on this one I'm sketch. In, I mean, it's also the most heart. It's hilarious. It is, it's so brutal, but it's so heartbreaking. I'll jump yeah. to the punchline. It's so fucking hard for this guy, Pat. He has to. He's uh, he pulled it on the wrong side. He's got. No. He's got to get back in the. And back it up. And Luke is the whole time watching it like, oh, God, please don't see me. Let me get out of here. Please let me finish my fucking transaction. So the Wampa has to back up out of the space, turn the car around, and try to get back in it. And as he's backing up, some fucking roadian in a, like, jet swoop bike or something is like, snooze, you lose, pops, and starts pumping his gas. And in the car, the Wampa's like, oh, oh. And then you see him just like look at it and make this decision like, I guess I don't need gas that bad. And he just starts to exit the station. And as he makes the turn around, man, we put this on a moco rig just to get the timing right. As he's clearing the pumps, Luke Skywalker's just peeking out from behind the thing and they their eyes meet. And the Wampa's eyes widen. And Luke just sits there and takes it 
and the wampa just like slowly drifts as their eyes are engaged. That's the end of the sketch. But we were like, fuck, it, we, we But it have brings to you to tears, it. right? I'm not the only person that that was like emotionally. It's incredibly yeah. funny. It's yeah. funny, but it, anyway, it's the best thing ever. Love it. Well, I mean, it's that it's that whole comedy um, principle of one time it's funny, three times it's not funny, but 19 times it's hilarious. Every time. Yeah. So it's, it's like, how long can we sustain this? And that, oh. that becomes the joke. Yeah, but you also... Hugh Davidson writes things that nobody would think about. He wrote a sketch for one of our DC specials where the Kryptonian equivalent to a gentleman dog, the bounty hunter, has found Kal-El on Earth mm -hmm. and tells him the story of how he was embroiled in a really contentious custody battle between his parents, who are not dead, back on Krypton, which is very much not exploded. And uh, uh, <laughs> your whole life is a lie, yeah. and your mother really wants you back. Your dad uh, said on the day that you were supposed that custody was meant to, was awarded, he gathered everyone uh, around a giant rocket and said, "Well, you can take the house, you can take the car, but you don't get the fucking baby." <laughs> and well, by golly, Kalo, he shot you straight into space. <laughs> <laughs> you just see Superman, like, sitting next to his mother, <laughs> both absorbing this. And the whole thing is in the subtlety of the puppet's performance as he, like, hears, <laughs> try, like, has an opinion, but then just takes it. And he finishes, and he goes, I understand that's a lot to process. It's a good team, man. <laughs> oh, my that's, gosh. That's the end. Genius, genius wow. writer. So, uh, what um, what is next for Robot Chicken? What is next for you, uh, Claire? What what th I mean, there's clearly something you don't want to talk about. That I don't. Oh, wanna... I don't. I don't mind. I've actually talked about it. Um, oh. like a little bit. Um, uh, I I well, I have a a little uh, indie movie coming out this year at some point. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know when. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> how knows? it is with indie movies. Who knows yeah. when? Is it know. going to go to festivals or are you just? I think so. I think oh, it's nice. going to go to festivals. Um, I shot it during the pandemic. It was one of those movies. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been writing um, a book for like the last five or six years. I know. I know. Wow. I know. Mm -hmm. that and um, that's that's fun. And I'm hoping that after I finish writing the book, that I will be able to adapt that. For is, like it a, a, is it a memoir or a novel or a? It is. It's a. It's a memoir. It's a. It's a about uh, my and my sister's uh, life together, mm -hmm. and um, it's it's sort of like um, yeah. We we've had a very interesting journey, and she's um, she's she's overcome a lot. Like she's overcome. It's sort of like a, a look at like how trauma and kids manifest into different, you know, mm -hmm. avenues, you know. Yeah. And so it's like how it manifested for me and then how it manifested for her and then how we each, you know, like leaned on each other or hurt each other to mm -hmm. to get to get through it. But wow. um, she is a she was for 18 years. She was uh, a prostitute and pimp and porn star and meth addict. Good and, God. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's... And you're still in contact with her? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, we're still in contact with her. She, she, you know, it all came like like things, you know, like 
people with with stories like that, their their journeys usually end in death or prison mm-hmm. or both. And hers ended in uh, oh, and she was my brother. Now she's my sister. She's oh, transgender. Wow. Yeah, she's transgender, and she transitioned like right before she got arrested and spent a year in jail. Um, and, and all of those things, like the combination of like finally transitioning and being forced to spend a year in jail, sort of, Solo. yeah, like it, 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 it saved her life, you know? Do you think the transitioning like made her more who she actually is and it gave her more solid ground in which to like recover it? For sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait for that book. Yeah. That's amazing. I, yeah. Yeah, and Seth, it's an what do incredibly you... compelling cinematic narrative. And and you wrote it obviously with her cooperation, like you. Oh, it's um, I'm so it's ri- it's being written because it's our stories are um, they're they're like they're they're so concurrent. Yeah, but... they're concurrent, but they're different. So like. Um, half of the chapters are from my point of view and they're set in past tense and I'm telling a narrative A to B story. And I cut those chapters in with interviews in present tense that I am conducting with my sister. And so those, those chapters, the interview chapters, they aren't, they are not, there's nothing chronological about them, and I have no idea where they go when I start. I like, I'm like, okay, well, today I'd like to talk about this, and here's my questions, and I maybe get one or two questions, and then, and then it's just like, okay, here, here we go, you know. Every adventure. Every yeah. yeah. And Sethi, are you in the midst of writing and directing another fabulous, yeah. heartbreaking, dramatic What's film next? that I get to be in? <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, kind of. I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm developing a bunch of feature projects that I want to act in um, and one I want to direct. And uh, I have a couple of show ideas, mm. one of which we shot the equivalent of a pilot to, and now I'm doing a lot of post on it. Um, but hopefully I'm going to have that. I'm hoping to have a trailer to show people uh, before the end of the month amazing. for that. Hell yeah. yeah. Dude, man. You guys are prolific, amazing, yeah. brilliant, creative, invi- and, and you're creating invigorating a, humans. You're, you're yeah. creating along the lines of your interest and yeah. your passions it's, unapologetically. And that, that always good. makes the best stuff. Yeah. That's what yeah. always makes the best stuff. We're lucky, man. Not only yeah. that we've been in this for so long with our hearts pure and mm-hmm. our eyes clear <laughs> but like all of our powers combined um actually yield incredible results and i found you know from being in this business for so long it's not that there's no assholes or no heroes it's that the two rarely hang out together yeah. and so if you find yourself as the only hero in a group of assholes you got to split that group and find your actual friends Mm -hmm. it's hard it's hard sometimes because the assholes really convince you that like you're just like us we're all assholes right Uh, fuck everybody money money that's the first thing bad people want to do is like come on we're all everyone is that we're all the same all right i mean if we weren't if we weren't we'd all be like waist high in coke am i right guys (laughs) just kidding i would never do coke unless you got some what (laughs) right why don't we all just fuck wouldn't that be weird (laughs) Um, it's just like, ah, oh, guys, I didn't mean for this kind of party. You said we were playing charades. <laughs> I think we can actually wrap yeah, this but up with because our dicks out. come on. <laughs> this is um, a. We have to get our dicks out and get some coke. 
Uh, two. Oh my gosh. No, those I'm, are the parties we steadfastly avoid. I do know a lot of my friends' kids listen to this podcast. Just mm-hmm. kidding. I mean, they do though, so be careful. <laughs> I like the JK. Also, Mayor. Yeah, just kidding, but also they clear. do. JK, but I'm I kidding. Mean, you don't want me do. to be your kid's role model. <laughs> you know what? I'll I, teach him how to bump those 380s and load up them hollows. <laughs> um, I do not have any picks this week because this Saturday, uh, on May 14th, I'm taping my next Netflix special, and that's all I'm doing is going over my set, so I've got no, really no new books. Did new, you go no up during com- this festival? Hmm? Did you go up during this festival? I did a show at the Orpheum, but I didn't want to tape my special at the festival because so much stuff is being filmed at the festival. I wanted it to be its own thing, so I will be in Denver. Well, by the time you hear this, it's already been taped, and it went fabulously, <laughs> but um, this will be in, um, in Denver at the Paramount, and I'm directing it. So this is my first like directing. So there's a lot of, as you guys were talking about, um, I'm on the phone going over money, going over payments, and it's like this the last stuff I want to be doing. And then you're directing, and the last thing he forgot is he doesn't he has to figure out something to wear on stage. That that became my job the day before. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was the last thing I thought of was what should I wear. One thing I'll say about directing, and I'll Mm -hmm. bet you'll appreciate this, is especially when it's something you've written, your ability to interpret it visually exactly as you'd like is uh, uh, an intoxicating. Experience. Yes, and so b- being able to curate the audience's perspective as well as their receipt b- uh, of the of the story, the mm-hmm. idea, like it's you, you'll appreciate it. Um, I always think about when I think of like comedy concerts, I think about all the sketches like at the head of Delirious. Or oh <laughs> at yeah, head, at the head of Raw, and how, or even at Kevin, Kevin, uh, Kevin Hart had a special mm-hmm. where it's like Halle Berry. Something with Hallie is threaded, like an action film with Hallie is threaded through it. See, I don't you just I, do. I just want to get right to the. I I want that Iggy Pop and the Stooges raw power feel of we get right to it, no, all meat, no filler. Boom. Yeah. I I have one cool visual for the beginning, and then I'm right into the material. I I and and I appreciate when people do film, but I've seen some comedy specials where you're like. Are we going to see the comedy special? <laughs> or were you just watching? A, are you putting together your action reel? Like, what are we watching? Don't get me wrong. I love the like, the, the, I love the Chiron over the crowd, and they're like, oh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Boom. Jerry Seinfeld. Here we yeah. go. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we're yeah. off. Well, I'm excited for your special this weekend. Thank you. I'm excited for everything you both have yeah. coming up because yeah. honestly, everything you guys do is so inspiring and cool and unique and just full of passion and truth. You're so sweet. Yeah. We owe each other some good backgammon, by the way. <gasps> yes, please. Yeah. I need a partner. Come over, to backgammon play with by me. the pool. Yeah, I'm down for it. And um, some edibles, man. Hey, wait, Patton. <laughs> what? All food is edible. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's um, what I meant, kids. When uh, you're playing backgammon, have some protein and carbs. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop just for a second to give you this uh, that that line is a pull quote from Alabama Jackson. That thing we made with Donald Faison and Wanda Sykes, oh. where Wanda played Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Alabama Jackson says, "Oh shit, did you eat those those you ate those brownies? Those were." I didn't know you fuck with edibles. And she's like, what are you talking about? All brownies are edible. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, uh, Everybody, thanks for being such great listeners and such great friends and always tuning in. We we adore you. Next week, we're going to have Ben Stiller. Yep. And um, I can't speak to your listeners, but Mayor, I love you. I've loved you for as long as I've known you. Patton, I've always loved you. You're yeah. such a good dude. You felt like kindred spirits dude. all along. You are kindred spirits. Um, it's a pleasure to watch this unfold. It's been really beautiful. Oh, man. 
Jeez Louise, well, this was one of my very favorite podcasts, I think. Well, thank you for being Meredith's aspirational couple ideals. (laughs) Yeah. So thank you. Um, All right, guys, we will um, have another episode for you next Tuesday. Have a great week. Yay. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free, and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.